Happy Wednesday, beautiful souls, wherever you are on this fantastic planet. We've got another information-packed episode today, and I was working on putting it together and was having some issues trying to get the file up. So the file's up. We're ready. So we'll do classroom style today. I'm really excited about today's episode. Of course, I want to remind you, are you writing down your real estate goals for 2022? Write those goals down. Listen, you're not in a race or a competition with anyone else. So make sure you are planning according to your life's design, your life's design, your heart's desire. So make sure you are writing down those real estate goals. I also want to remind us, ooh, no, that's not the show. <laughs> Let me fix the show caption. In the meantime, welcome to Ready, Set, Real Estate. I'm your host, Lisa Gillette, also known as Super Agent. I'm an active license. I have to always say active. I'm active in the business. Ten toes to the ground. Shout out to Thelonious C. Jones. Theo, back in the day, he gave me, we, we did a show and he mentioned that about being ten toes to the ground and just... I've run with that ever since, really active. And it's interesting when I get calls on listings and wanting to build relationships with uh, investors and developers and other uh, industry colleagues, I say this, I find myself saying the same thing. I'm a bit old school. I'm out here in the trenches, meaning I'm actually out in the field. I want to see what's going on. And oftentimes you you miss that when you're sending marketing materials that go door to door. You don't know where it's going. You don't know if it gets there. And oftentimes your target demographic uh, client, your prospective client are rather, they, they prefer connecting with a real person face to face. So it's a bit reinforcing in my behaviors when uh, I meet with somebody and they say, oh my gosh, yeah, uh, I'm so glad you came, you know, because they get inundated with phone calls and they don't do internet and that whole thing. Like I said on the last show, my, the, my oldest client was 84. My oldest client was 84. So I'm looking to beat that record. So if you know anyone who's got a unique situation, looking to downsize, upsize, Listen, have them give me a call. Drop my number real quick. I do serve Southern California and I, I outsource or refer to outside areas and states as well. So always welcoming referral partners. 323-488-3265. And I want to put this show topic here because today we're going to be talking about the transfer on death deed law and a very quick, simple, easy way may not apply to everyone in how to avoid probate. So we are in episode 157. A uh, quick disclaimer about me. I am broker and owner of Devenio Estates, uh, which is not affiliated with the show. It is not a subsidiary to the show. It is my company that I run, run separate from the show. I'm a certified short sales and foreclosure um, uh, specialist, seniors real estate specialist as well. And of course, I mentioned my own trademark as super agent in the business. First and foremost, an entrepreneur, author, writer, creator of all kinds of stuff, including your very own Ready, Set, Real Estate. Before we jump into today's segment, of course, I want to shout out to our sponsor, We've got a sponsor. We've got a new sponsor. New sponsor. (laughs) We've got a new sponsor, uh, Omnis Property Solutions. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I've worked with Omnis Property Solutions. 
and helping on our cleanouts, our board ups, our trash outs, securing our property. And I anticipate if you're in the industry, you will need someone like Honest Property Solutions on your team, especially as we start to see interest rates go up. Uh, what happens to prices? Prices go down. With the exception of certain areas, LA is still popping. The inventory here is really crazy. We've got developments, uh, new developments, new construction happening. And I'm just watching, right? So I'm watching it impact the outskirts and it'll slowly trickle down. This is a conversation we will continue to have. So we'll be right back after our sponsor break. Do you have properties that need to be maintained? For professional services that guarantee your property will stay safe and secure, Omnis Property is the team you want by your side. As a company, we pride ourselves on our best-in-class professionals, equipped with the latest technology for all your end-to-end -end property preservation needs. That means that from start to finish, our expert team can handle everything from accurate assessments to preservation projects of all sizes. Save money and time by working with leading experts that understand your needs and are committed to premier service. Get started today by contacting us for your project estimate. Visit www.omnispreservation.com or call 310-957-9132. That's awesome. Very good. Also, make sure you are subscribing and connecting with us. Connect, build, and share on LA Super Agent, excuse me, on all available platforms at LA Super Agent, or you can keyword, keyword, type in it, type it in, Ready, Set, Real Estate. We're also available on podcasts everywhere. So tune in on your radio podcast platform, whichever is your favorite. Uh, I've got a couple few. Right now I'm using Spotify and it's not because I'm, you know, on the platform, what I like about Spotify, and I've said this before, and I'll keep saying this, is that it also gives you the video option as well. So, and, and the reason why I like the Spotify is because you notice if you're watching YouTube and your phone turns off, you, you don't hear it, right? So if you're Bluetooth connected to the car and you're on YouTube and you're trying to listen, you're wanting to learn something while you're doing mobile university, it cuts off. But if you connect on Spotify, uh, it stays on even if your phone sleeps. So I really like that. Works for me. Okay. So we are talking about D TOD, transfer on death deeds. Of course, before I jump into that, I've got more disclaimers for you. So this information provided on this show should not be considered legal or tax advice. Please, please seek legal and tax advice from reputable licensed professionals. That's my disclaimer. All right. I said it. I said it. I said it. Of course. All right. We're getting ready to jump into this. Make sure you have your notebooks, pens, pencils, uh, pads, tablets, something you can write on. Of course, the price of admission for the show is pressing one. Let's me know you're here. Drop it in the chat below. Let's me know you're catching us on the live. Press two. Let's me know you shared it. Press two. Let's me know you shared it. Give your girl some love. Would really appreciate it because someone here has a grandparent. Someone here has a parent. Someone here is a future inheritor or beneficiary to someone's 40 acres. Oh, someone is an inheritor to someone's 40 acres. Tony Carter in the building. She says, I am here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And so 
With that being said, I want to make sure we're clear on, uh, we'll talk about who this would be ideal for, right? And this is such an inexpensive fix. So because I'm in California, I will talk about California, but the good news, there are 27 states that allow the transfer on death deeds. This is a legal document that will allow you to what? Avoid probate. It, it allows you to transfer real property outside the probate process. And so this is great news. Why? It's because most people don't have the funds and resources to do what? To get that living trust done. So that's kind of the reality here. This is why I feel like it's necessary to talk about two things. Drop hashtag in the, in the comments below, TOD, transfer on death, deeds. And then we'll talk about hashtag PODs, payable on death. And that is for your bank accounts, right? You can ask the bank for the POD form and go ahead and complete that. And that way you just kind of take care of what is happening to your assets once you pass on. Okay. So I've got a cute little slide I put together today. And so I trust you'll enjoy this. So let's go and uh, let's talk about it. So it's a legal document and I'll read it verbatim for you. Of course, you can screenshot this uh, later. And as you know, all my videos stay live. They sit on all platforms unless it's a paid type training that I'm doing, then I'll set an expiration. But so far, I'm giving you free game all the time. So a legal document that conveys real estate is a designated to a designated beneficiary when the current owner dies. Ignore my typo, but it should read a legal document that conveys real estate, real property to a designated beneficiary when the current owner dies. Okay, let's talk about this. Two things we'll discuss. What type of real property and which or to whom beneficiaries can you transfer this to? Very important. So what type of property and to whom, right? What type of beneficiaries? Okay. So the, the good news is uh, as of January 1st, 2022, in fact, this was a California law that was enacted in 2016 and it was supposed to sunset or expire this year. But guess what? Legislation voted, enacted an extension to 2032, 2032. So unless they do something differently, that means that if you had a transfer on death deed in place prior from 2016 to January 1st, 2022, you're good before the, the law changed. Because why? There were changes that took place. Some of those changes are or were. You now need two witnesses. Two witnesses must now sign the TOD deed, the transfer on death deed. Also, the beneficiary should not also be your witness. Little conflict there? Yes. Nod your head. Yes. Right. Because if I name my 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 adult son, if I name my adult son, and then I also have them witness, then is it likely they could be influencing a decision here? So we want to make sure that they're not they're either not related, which is usually safe, but sometimes people will will list uh, friends or long life partners as well. So I'm giving you a hint to who is also a potential beneficiary. But in this case, try 
to be compliant. And the reason why is because if it gets, if it's funky and it's recorded in a certain way where it doesn't comply with what the, the rules are, with the, with the new changes, it will be void. And guess what? Boom, to probate you go. So let's make sure we stick to the rules, okay? So the beneficiary should not be a witness. It needs to be signed, notarized, and dated. So required to be signed, notarized, and dated. Additionally, you've got 60 days. This, uh, this is the new change. Prior to the change, you had until the date of death of the owner to record this. But now it's 60 days from the notarization date, 60 days from the date you notarize a transfer on death deed. You have 60 days to get it recorded. Why is that important? Is because especially with recordations, you know, they're just recording things. They're not looking at the validity of these documents. And I think that's why we have a lot of deed theft right? Deed theft. I'm going to type that out because I was talking, to, I was speaking with a colleague yesterday and she was like, what? I said, yeah, deed theft is on a rise, especially in New York right now. Deed theft is a very big thing. They have about 49,000 consumer complaints. Uh, and that's because I believe like the, like the Brownstones area, they're going through a tremendous amount of gentrification and this transfer of wealth. And people are soliciting seniors and targeting mainly, truth be told, mainly seniors and Black homeowners. And they are the ones that are being subjected to deed theft. So this is why as we talk about how to transfer your property outside of probate, but it's got to be done in a way that it's legitimate and it's valid. Okay. There's rules. I always like to say laws of the land, the laws of the land set it forth. That way everyone's protected. Usually that's how it goes. All right. So key changes continued. The beneficiary is required to notify. I really like this part. I really like this part. The beneficiary is required to notify the owner's heirs upon the owner's death. Why would that be significant? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> because let's say you've got a, a partnership, lifelong partnership, and only one, the owner is the sole owner of the property, but they've been living with the person for the last 30 years. They each have children, adult children, which would likely be an heir for the owner. The, the next of kin, right, relatives would be the children of that owner. And so I'm giving hypotheticals. So don't get it all mixed up and say, well, what if they have a trust? What if, no, no, let's stick to the script. I'm giving you a hypothetical. So you have a lifelong partner. They're unmarried. They live together. And guess what? Uh, person owner A says to partner, hey, I would like to transfer this property to you upon my death. Now, as we see it, I've seen it time and time again, the family drama, and someone will disagree that that was my parents' home. That was their house. The house should go to me. What do you mean he transferred it to you? Because they could do this amongst each other and not have to notify the heirs. The heirs will then be notified upon the owner's death. 
And here's where it gets tricky and important, very important. They've got to give them an official notice and it has to be served on them within 120 days, excuse me, 60 days. 60 days to be notified that, okay, you know, before uh, the owner died, they decided they would transfer the property to me. Uh, you know, we've been together, we've lived together, whatever the reasons. And sometimes it doesn't even have to be that extensive. They may be in their end of years. They have no kids in sight. Everyone's doing their own thing. And they may have a designated caretaker that they may decide, you know what? You've been here for me for the last three years that I've been going through X, Y, Z. When I die, I want to transfer the property to you. So if in the event that that person accepts the transfer, because they also can refuse it, and then there's the courts are involved and have uh, regulations or stipulations as to what do we do then, right? Because they can assign it to a charity. The charity may not accept the transfer on death deed, and they might assign it to uh, another person that may not want that responsibility or they don't want to have anything to do with the property. And that's a real thing. There are people that take on these responsibilities that don't want it. Truth be told, I hear it. We work in probate. We offer probate and trust services. And those are the conversations I hear from my clients. They are the inheritors, the administrators, the executors, the beneficiaries. And they say, we want this done with. We want this over with. We don't want to deal with it. Okay. And that's sometimes during the probate process. Now, outside the probate, you can imagine you're still dealing with people, their temperaments, their issues, their drama, their past experiences, and a whole bunch of things uh, of emotions bottled up. So I'm giving you perspective. Why I like that the heirs would be notified is because also, what if you might know this caretaker uh, is likely to... Uh, be someone that was abusive. I don't know. There's all kinds of crazy things happening. And I, I don't want to be specific because I don't want to talk to people's specific situations that I'm aware of because I don't want anyone to feel like I'm calling them out. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. I'm not calling anyone out. So I'm careful to say that we all know there's stuff happening. You all know the stories. I know the stories and we've seen it happen where someone may be listed on a transfer death deed and should they have been listed on there? Mm. And then what happens is they get the property and then the family finds out and they're like, wait a minute, this, pro this person just stole the property, right? So now the new changes in effect is they now have to notify the heirs and the heirs speaking to you, inheritor, heirs, beneficiary, you are on the clock. You have 120 days to challenge the transfer. You have 120 days to challenge the transfer. How many days? One, two, zero, 120. Drop that in, in the comments below. 120 days. Take your notes. Additionally, the liens or deeds that are valid are valid if they're recorded no later than 120 days. So of course, that um, also refers to and includes the existing liens and debt and mortgages that were recorded, similar to what probate has, right? So probate will say that creditors are to be notified 90 days from letters or four months via publication, whichever is later, 
right? Because they want to give the creditors enough time to come forth and say, I've got a claim. And I want to talk about this as it relates to Medicare. We're going to cover that shortly because it's very important as well that we understand how Medicare recovery, if you're a recipient of Medicare, how that affects your real estate. Most people don't realize, but Medicare is going to send you a bill. <laughs> you, you have assets. That's why they ask you. You know, I just did this for my grandmother and uh, help her fill out her redetermination for her Medicare benefits. And what do they ask you? They ask you, do you have a car? Do you have a bank account? Do you have a house? Is it primary? Do you live in it? Do you have investments? <laughs> yes. Yes. Why? Because Medicare is accounting for that they are paying out benefits. And when you are at the end of life, they're coming to collect. There's a way to get around that. Stay tuned. Okay, good. So now we have 120 days to challenge the transfer. Transfer, And at that time, absolutely, you should seek legal counsel. Absolutely. If you receive notice of a, uh, of a transfer on death, they're going to send a copy of the form signed, notarized. They're going to send a copy of the death certificate. And they will also include the notice of your rights as an heir to challenge the transfer. You've got 120 days. Get legal counsel if you disagree to the transfer. All right. Now, at that point, that, of course, does what? Ties it up in, in potential litigation unless the family can come to some form of settlement agreement. OK, because most people don't realize that before you get to trial, you get about three or four times, even during the whole from filing a lawsuit or the summons or the complaint all the way until trial whether it's a, a jury trial or a bench trial, meaning a, there's no trial involved and the judge will hear the case and will be the trier of fact and the trier of law. In that case, you have time to settle it out. 95% of cases settle out, truth be told. All right. But if you can't come to that agreement, then of course a judge will decide. All right, moving along. The beneficiary, very important, is obligated to settle the estate debt. Same thing. You're responsible. You are aware that there's a mortgage. You're aware that there's some credit cards. You're aware that there's other debts or liens involved. You are aware. Therefore, you are responsible. You are liable to settling out those debts, right, against the estate. Because they're going to come, they're 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 going to come after it anyway. So let's just nip it in the bud and start making the conversations and be responsible and let them know, let them know that you know the owner passed away. You are the now, you know, you're the new owner. Here's a copy of the death certificate. Here's a copy of the transfer on death. Then they will put you as an interested a successor uh, uh, of interest. That's what it's called, and you're responsible. This is important that when you're thinking about this, this kind of very limited estate planning tool and kudos to the states that are allowing this to take form is because they're trying to lighten up the load and the cost of the court and the, and the cost involved to carry out a probate. And time. I've got a couple. Trust me. Time, process, money. 
You know, time is time is ticking, especially with those who have reverse mortgages. We talked about reverse mortgages last week. You don't have that much time, truth be told. Okay, I'll keep I'll keep harping on that for you all. Now, um, and then you have that as long as the, the transfer of death deeds are executed before uh, January 1, 2032, they're valid unless le legislation changes, something changes. But as of 2022 to 2032, how long is that, folks? That's only 10 years. That means, in effect, we have a limited tool. And if you're in California, yes, nod your head. If you're in California, that means you have a limited tool to avoid probate just by the cost of a form, your filing, uh, your filing documents, and re and and I, this is what I do. I recommend people contact escrow companies. Help, they'll draft over the proper uh, lot description, legal description, because guess what? And this isn't me in reading this stuff. If it's if the lot description, if it's ambiguous, if it's incorrect, it voids the transfer on death deed. The court is not going to waste time to try to figure out what you were trying to do or what you meant to do. No, got to get it right. Get some help. This is why I recommend work with a real estate professional. They'll recommend you or refer you over to escrow title uh, company that can draft and prepare these forms. And remember, you also need to uh, include the preliminary change of ownership. That has to be recorded as well so that this is valid, okay? How many days do you have to do this? How many days to transfer the debt, uh, record the death, uh, transfer on uh, death deed? How many days do you have? 60 days from the date it was notarized. How many days does the heirs have to challenge upon being notified of the transfer? 120 days. All right, good stuff. You're with me? Yes. All right. So question you say to me, well, what types of real property can be transferred using the transfer on death deeds? I'm glad you asked. Can you imagine? Single family, of course. Condominiums, of course. What else? The 40 acres and a mule, of course. <laughs> the 40 acres and a mule, which is great because we've had this whole history of we wanting our 40 acres. So yes, you get to keep the 40 acres, but no more. This will limit that. So again, what types of real pop property? Most condominium interests, residential properties from one to four units means commercial, uh-uh, not gonna work, not gonna work. It excludes interest in stock co-ops and it ex excludes agricultural parcels greater than 40 acres. So 40 acres or less, you can transfer those types of real property using the transfer on death deed. Any questions, comments, feedbacks? Write down your notes. I'm going to write down your questions. I'll get to them. Who can be a beneficiary? To whom can you transfer the property to? Well, the good news is natural persons. You still can transfer it to a trust if you have one. You can transfer it to a legal entity if you have one or know of one. That's where sometimes people are transferring to nonprofit uh, organizations. I was hearing on the radio that uh, one, one organization now has a real estate component to where they'll receive your real estate donations. 
it's classic to me because it's like with all the people that need housing right now, <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to donate it over to an entire organization, a nonprofit to each his own. I'm just, I'm just making fun right now because we are in a serious homelessness crisis right now and housing is just, there just isn't enough. And then of course that designated person, as we talk about natural persons are your uh, family members, a, a designated person is an example of someone who had been a caretaker or someone who had been caring for you during your life or a, a life partner, a companion, a friend even, a friend even, which is why I'm happy about the new change that if you are naming somebody that is not in the immediate air, I'm happy that at least the, the person who's the beneficiary, according to the transfer on death deed has to notify those heirs. And they do stipulate how that's done, okay? So there's a, there's a way to do it correctly so that way you don't get yourself in hot water or legal mess, very important. All right, so with that, writing those questions down, comments, questions, feedback, keep taking those great notes that I trust you are. Question. Can the owner change the beneficiary? Mm, who was thinking this? Were you thinking about this? That what if I name somebody and now I'm upset with them? Or even what if worse, they died before the owner? Hmm, now what? Right? You absolutely can change the beneficiary. There are so many circumstances that would require you to do that. This is why this is called a revocable right? Or revocable. It is a revocable uh, transfer on deed, transfer on death deed. And guess what? This is a con. Excuse me. This is a pro, <laughs> not a con. This is a pro. The owner remains control of the property during their lifetime, during their lifetime. So are you hearing so much, so much in that you can still transfer the property. You can still protect the asset. And so far, I haven't said anything about, you know, costing, you know, thousands of dollars as trusts usually do, unless you do it yourself. There can be less, right? But yeah, it's like, hold on. My, my slide's acting funky. I want to make sure. If I'm, let me see, make sure. Did I miss a section? Okay. So let me finish that thought as we're talking about, you know, the transference and utilizing this limited estate planning tool in lieu of going and getting a trust. And then even, even further, right? Even further, let me, let me stop my thought right here because even further is when people say, well, just add, and, 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 and I'm guilty of this too. In my early real estate career, I used to say, just add someone on title so you can avoid it. But guess what? If you do that, the person now has legal interests in your property and decision-making, and you would have to consult with them if you decided you wanted to refinance, um, you want to do a reverse mortgage, you want to do anything as it relates to uh, what's affecting the title of the property. Liens affect the title to the property. So- Let's stop there and talk about the cons because we talked about the pros in so many facets in terms of the cost. This will probably all cost you 
um, printing the form. This will cost you your notary fees. It will cost, um, what other costs involved? Recording change of forms, uh, preliminary change of uh, ownership and transfer and document deed. So I, I, if I add that up, you're like under 200 bucks, 250 the most, I would imagine, including your recording fees. This is why I recommend get with a real estate professional, get with an escrow um, officer or title team to uh, prepare the documents, help you file that, get a notary, get it all done legitimately, right? All right, so let's talk about cons because I did hint over to this thing about Medicare and that's important. So cons, property, this property uh, or for an owner who may be a recipient of Medi-Cal benefits would be subject to the Medi-Cal estate recovery. And what does that mean? It's because if it's not in a trust, which is why, again, we're still an advocate of living trust, but I get it. You're still trying to come up with the $600, the $1,000, the $1,300, the $1,500, the $3,000. You're still trying to come up with the funds and resources to sit with an attorney and get the trust done. Um, and it has a great estate planning benefit. It, it behooves you to have these conversations and it behooves you if you know you are an heir, inheritor, heir or beneficiary of any uh, real property or assets is to ask that person, are they currently receiving Medi-Cal? Why is that? Because Medi-Cal is going to what? Come a knocking. Medicare is going to come a knocking. So they will be able to go after the estate and submit a creditor's claim. I've seen it show up during the probate is that that bill can easily wipe out what everyone thought they would get, right? 200 and something thousand dollars for Medicare. Yes. Yeah. So how do we, how do we get around that? You say, I'm glad you asked. Set this whole thing aside and go do the living trust. Transfer the property into the trust and that way, in the as long as it's done prior to the death of the owner, you'll be good. Okay, just gave you massive game, save you thousands of dollars right now, and I added to your equities bottom line. See, aren't I wonderful? Aren't I wonderful? <laughs> okay, now if you have a minor and you decide that you wanted to transfer it to a minor, sure, that's valid, but guess what? They're not of legal age, they're not of legal age. So the court has to appoint as custodian and that will cost court fees and legal fees to be able to manage that until the minor is of legal age to be the recipient of that property. Another con, that the beneficiary is held personally liable for all unsecured debts, debts, mortgages and taxes. You're still responsible. You've got to pay it. As it relates to mortgages, and there is a um, there is a law and an act as it relates to mortgages in terms of assuming, right? So family relatives can assume the loan. This is why you should be having an open conversation with the lender when the person uh, passes away, when the owner passes away, because they will send you a package. It's the assumption packet, and of course they'll have their disclaimers about you know Fannie Freddie and all the other uh, government-sponsored entities would have to approve the, the assumption. So, And that also, uh, also includes VA loans as well. Okay, they've got to get the final say in determining the assumption. But again, 
don't do this all on your own. Get with an experienced real estate professional, broker, agent. Get with your team of advisors, tax, legal, insurance, so that you are properly doing this stuff. I shared that disclaimer early on. This is not meant to be legal advice or tax advice. Please seek uh, those appropriate professionals for your specific situation. Yes, nodding your head, great. All right, and then the last part that is a potential con, not even a potential, it's a real con <laughs> to, the, to doing this is that if the owner's incapacitated, meaning they're unable to act, speak, and do for themselves, then that means that once the transfer on death deed has been recorded, they won't be physically able or maybe cognitively able to revoke, revoke it or change it. So that's kind of the concern with this. Again, inexpensive, very limited estate planning tool. It would work for some limited cases and it may not work for others. Be mindful as well if you have a joint tenancy interest, meaning people have taken their vesting, whether it's a couple, whether it's uh, uh, family members, however, and it's taken as joint tenancy. Joint tenancy uh, essentially means that it's the right of survivorship, meaning the person who uh, survives the other co-owner or co-tenant then that means that they become sole owner. So if you think you can do a transfer on death deed in a joint tenancy vesting, it will not work. Joint tenancy tends to supersede all. And so be mindful of your vesting. And I have to say this as we conclude this segment, when you're purchasing real estate, and I'll, I'll say this, meanwhile, Drop your comments, questions, comments, feedback. If you found this helpful, please make sure you press two and say, yes, I shared it. I think more people should learn and know about this. And if you have any direct questions, of course, you can text me 323-488-3265. You can send me an email as well to lisa at lasuperagent.com. So I want to say this as it relates to purchasing real property. Most people don't know this or aware, but you are deciding from the moment you sign your purchase agreement, from the moment you sign the RPA in our language is the residential purchase agreement. Whether you sign the RIPA, the residential income purchase agreement, whether you're signing a, you know, whatever type of contract as it relates to purchasing real estate, you are already deciding what is to happen to that property when you die. And you may say to me, how so? There's a paragraph that applies to title and vesting. And when you get into escrow, escrow sends you the document and says they want to confirm your vesting. How are you taking ownership and vesting in this property? Depending on the vesting type, you are already determining what is to happen to that property upon your death. Will it go to a co-owner? Will it go to a, um, a long list of beneficiaries or heirs or divided interests? So those require legal counsel regarding your specific situation and what your life plan is. All right. With that, I say have a powerful and productive week.
I'll see you next week on another information-packed episode on Ready, Set, Real Estate.